The following sermon is by Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Please visit us at 2100 Noble Road in Raleigh or on the web at ebcraleigh.com. And now, here's Pastor Steve. Amen. Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn back to that passage. Uh, Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians 1. Man, I just want to say what beautiful music. Jason, thank you so much for singing. Praise team, praise band. Wonderful music today. Uh, I get the privilege. Um, Connie and I are on vacation this next week. We'll be back, of course, um, next Sunday. But wow, what a what a great way to worship the Lord together and then have vacation Bible school. And, and uh, my heart is uh, filled. I was thinking this week, and um, been, we've been in the course in the middle of a series on the book of Ecclesiastes. So I've been kind of thinking about maybe just taking a little turn today and, and preaching a message based upon a text from the material from Vacation Bible School. And uh, one of the passages that they're using is this Colossians 1, really verse 15 and 16, but I'm going to read verse 15 down through verse number 20. If you're visiting with us today, there's a Bible right in front of you, in the pew in front of you. You can open the, uh, that up and follow along with us. But verse number 15 down through verse number 20, and the Bible reads this way. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He Himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile things to Himself, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Through Him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Isn't that a marvelous passage when we think about the Lord Jesus Christ? Just a powerful, powerful passage of Scripture. Now, there are a thousand different ways to break up this text. And in fact, there are probably a thousand or more volumes that have been written just on those few verses, 15 to 20. And uh, every author has a different way of breaking it up. But uh, I, wanna, I want us just to follow through just a small, simple four-point outline today. If you have your Bible and maybe a pen or a pencil in front of you, you'll be able to follow along really easily with us, okay? So whether you're a seasoned Christian, we're going to try and uh, give you a few things to chew on, or whether you're you know, brand new to Christ, or maybe you're even lost, but you have a Bible, you want to follow along. Let me just show you that. So we're going to just maybe call the uh, message this morning, He Is... All right, simply He is. And you'll notice that four times in your text. Look at verse number 15. First of all, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. What I'll do is just kind of teach down through these verses and give you the point. So first of all, we want to say that Jesus Christ is supreme in His relationship with all creation. He is the express image of 
God. Everything that it means to be God. All of eternity, all of eternality, all of the Godhead. Christ is the express image of that. It's just like you see an image of a sovereign on a coin from a country. It is that exact replica. Or I remember when I was a kid, there used to be in, uh, in the shop in the mall, kind of that thing that had these, look like nails, but you could put your hand. Anybody remember that? You could put your hand down in the nails and it would make that exact imprint of your hand. That is what Jesus is. And so look at verse 15. First of all, He is the image. The word here, image, is the word we get from icon. It is an exact replica. Now you might have like icons on your screen or apps now on your phone, but it is that image that you see that when you touch it, it opens up and everything that is inside of the app, everything that is in the program, everything that it means to run that program is contained there in that image and you have access to all of it there in that one icon. He is the exact image of the invisible God. And then look what it says here. It goes further to explain how He is that. It says that He is the firstborn. Now, some of your translations may say the firstborn in creation or the firstborn of creation. The best way to translate that is the firstborn over all creation. Now, there's a few reasons. You might say, well, mine says of creation. And what that means is that scares me. Maybe is Jesus born? Is he, is he part of creation? Well, there's a few things that you should understand that that would be a heresy to believe that. And Jesus is not a created being. Right? He is the firstborn over all creation. You say, well, how would you know that? Well, first of all, from the very text in the entire book of Colossians, the whole driving force of Colossians is to say that Jesus is supreme over all of the universe. Secondly, you'll find in this very text itself, in the next five verses, it says that Jesus is the force firstborn over all creation. Keep reading. Look at verse 16. For by Him all things were created. Right? Uh, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. You'll notice the prepositional phrases there, and all of my English people in here, that all things were created by Him. That is, that He is the instrumental cause of all creation. All things are created by Him. All things are created through Him. That is, that He is the necessary cause of all things, that it erupts and it comes out like a volcano through the very nature of the deity of Christ that all things are created there through the very essence and nature of Christ. And then look there there at the last. All things are created for Christ. You see, there is the total cause. It is the end game. It is the reason why you put uh, bricks together and build a foundation and put walls up is not just to build a house, but it's to build a home. The ultimate cause is that it is for you. Christ is the King over all creation. Our children are learning that today and yesterday and Friday. And so maybe you have your children here and you're not sure what they got into. Well, I want you to understand the lesson they are learning is that Jesus Christ is God and He is supreme over all creation. All creation. All things are created by Him and through Him and for Him. Let me give you the second point today. Look at verse number 17. 
He is. You see it there a second time, right? Verse 15, He is the image. Verse 17, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Now you see there, that's also an explanation of why Christ can't be a created being because He is actually before chronologically and logically before all created things, He was there. In fact, you could probably, um, you could probably translate John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Probably best to understand that and to say, when the beginning began, He was there. When you think about time beginning, Christ was already in existence. He is before all things. And then look at there and see if you're not comforted by that. All things hold together by Him. He is the express image over all creation. He is supreme in the fact that He sustains all of the universe. He is eternal, He is God, and He is holding all of the world together. Every galaxy, every star, the sun, every atom, the most microscopic and macroscopic universe, He is in control, holding it all together. He is over all things, created, and He holds all things together. And then look with me, if you would, at verse number 18 at a couple of more. He is also the head of the body, the church. Can I just pause for a moment and say, isn't that an odd place to speak about the church? This is a beautiful text talking about all of creation and all of the invisible things and all of the galaxies and that Jesus is over all creation, holds everything together, sustains it all, and He's the head of the church. How important do you think the church is to Jesus? Maybe I should back that up and ask you, how important is the church to you? Is this what you do when you don't have anything better to do on Sunday? Do you love the people that are sitting beside you? Do you come to church when you need God? Jesus is the head of the church. He created all the universe. He holds everything in the world together. And He is the head of the church. Are you pleasing Him? Are you following Him? The church here is speaking both uh, the universal church, in fact, all of our brothers and sisters around the world that are a part of that greater body of Christ that are saved from every denomination and every country in the world, every tribe and tongue and kindred and family. It is also speaking here about the local church to the church at Colossae saying, Jesus is the head of the church. And then look here, number four. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And why is He the firstborn from the dead? So that He Himself will come to have first place in everything. I'll teach the next couple of verses here in a moment. He is the firstborn from the dead. It means that He is supreme in rank and He is supreme in time. There have people, there have been people who have died and have been resurrected, but they died again. You see, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, He went on and lived His life and He died again. 
The little boy and the little girl that Jesus raised from the dead there, they died again. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead where He died and He rose again and He lives forevermore. And the reason why you can have hope that your loved ones and those that have gone on before, that they will be raised again, that they live in heaven and that they will return is because Jesus Himself broke through the barrier of death, hell, and the grave. And because He lives, we can face tomorrow. Amen? Jesus Christ is the firstborn from the dead. And then look at what it says here. Verse number 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile, that is to bring in right relationship, all things to Himself, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Through Him I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. He is the firstborn from the dead, raised so that every man, woman, and child in all of the world who would put their faith and trust in the resurrected Jesus Christ could have life eternal. And how does that come about? That comes about through the blood of His cross. You see, it is not as if God could somehow sweep all of our sins under the rug or just forget that they existed or just laugh at us in times gone by. No, all of your sin needed to be dealt with. All of my sin needs to be dealt with. And when Jesus goes to the cross, He makes peace through the blood of His cross. And you say, what is the peace that is being made there? I would say, listen, there's not peace between you and the devil. That is peace between you and a holy and a righteous God. God loves you, but God is just. God loves you, but God is holy. God loves you, but sin must be judged. And if you remain in your sins the way you are, you'll die and go out into an eternity of judgment. But by the peace that is made through the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you can have everlasting peace with the Father. Amen? Now, just give you a couple little points. We'll be finished. We'll move into our time, Vacation Bible School, presenting here at the end. In verse 15 to 20, there is no verb. Did you know that? There's no imperative verb, that is. You say, what is that? There's no action verb. There's nothing that tells you, go do this, go do this, go do this, go do this. And everybody in this room that's human is just like me. You're always looking for something to do. But when it comes to the gospel, it is not so much about what you do, but what has been done for you. And so the silent imperative, the call that should be ringing in your ears from this passage is, this is who Jesus is. He is supreme over creation. He sustains all the world. He is the head of the church. He has made peace through the blood of His cross. And you look to Jesus and worship Him. I want to ask you this. Did you worship Jesus this week? Now don't lie to me. And don't lie to yourself. I just want to ask you, maybe you should ask this question. What does it look like for me to worship Jesus? Is it singing a song? Yes. Is it giving to the work of the Lord? Sure. Is it reading the Scriptures? Absolutely. Is it spending time in prayer? Yes. But I just want to give this to you. Don't ever forget 
that the greatest form of worship is obedience. I know a lot of people that know a lot of what's in this book, but they don't live it out. The closest you'll come to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ is by being obedient to the life and the teachings of Jesus. You want to worship Him? Be obedient to Christ. This text beckons for us to worship Him. This text beckons for us to trust Him. Here's the encouragement today. Can some of you just breathe a deep sigh of relief? You're trying to rule the world and you're dying at it. And this text tells us that all of the galaxies are in the hands of God. That He is the ruler over the church. And that He's in charge of your individual salvation. Now why don't you just let Him be in charge of that? Why don't you learn to rest and trust that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Behold our God seated on His throne. Let me just put this in your ballpark. This week, did you make a conscious effort to worship Jesus and to trust Jesus? This text beckons to everyone in this room to follow Jesus. If He rules the world, and He rules the church, and He has made peace between you and the Father through the blood of the cross, should you not lay down your life, pick up your cross, and follow Christ every day? Now, I'm going to pray for us in a moment. I'm going to turn things over. Brother Dave, we're going to have a great time. All these kids are going to come in here. But here's what I want, to, here's what I want you to think about as I pray. Here's, here's the invitation for you to think about today. You ready? All right, everybody stop putting Bibles away for him. I know you saw me close mine. Hold on. It's just... What dominates your mind and attention every day? Do you wake up in the morning and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I'm going to live this day, and everything I say and everything I do and everywhere I go, I'm going to live in the light of who He really is? Or do you wake up most days and just try and make it through on your own? If you are a Christian, you'll follow Him. And if you're not, look at your life and see how you're doing with it. And I urge you to come to Him. Let me pray for us. Father, we love You. Thank You for Your kindness and mercy. As I read that text this week, I was just amazed at how beautiful and wonderful Jesus is over all the world. And how many times in my own life and in the life of these people and in the life of most people in the world, we're so petty. We're petty with each other. We're petty about our lives and jobs and everything else. We mess around with trivialities instead of living under the banner of the eternal Lord Jesus. Please help us to change. And we'll thank You for it. In Christ's name, Amen. 
You've been listening to Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh. For more information and free access to other messages, please visit us at ebcraleigh.com.